may be seated. If you've got your copy of God's Word this morning, if you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31, if you're using the, the Pew Bible there that's in front of you, it's on page 172, page 173. Well, most of us, probably all of us, have those, those seasons in our life where we look back over those seasons and we're not real proud of those seasons. Uh, we don't look back on great memories all the time. There's, maybe it was a fashion trend uh, that you were following and you were, you were committed to it and you look back and you say, you know, probably wasn't the best idea. Or it may have been a, may have been a, a haircut, hairstyle trend uh, that, you, that you modeled there for a little while and you look back and you say, that probably wasn't, wasn't the best idea. Uh, maybe it's a, a genre of, of music that you listened to at one point. And, and for me, in the spirit of full confession this morning, there was a, a season in my life where I, I was into country music. And I mean, I was into country music. Uh, teenage years, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, my buddies and I, we, we loved country music. And so much so that uh, growing up in Pensacola, Florida, one of the things that we did a good bit was water skiing. And so one summer on an afternoon, I guess we didn't have anything better to do. We decided that we would go skiing in blue jeans because that's what Alan Jackson did in his video and <laughs> in in to the video to his song, uh, Way Down Yonder on the Chattahoochee. And so we said, hey, Alan Jackson looks really cool in jeans and a cowboy hat water skiing on the Chattahoochee River. And so we thought that we would look the same on Bayou Tahar in Pensacola. So we did it. And we didn't have iPhones back then. I don't think we had cell phones back then, but we took pictures with a, a camera and we have since burned those pictures. Um, but there, there's a song, a country song that happened during that, that, that time period, 1993, Clint Black wrote a song called State of Mind. The title of the album is State of Mind. And the chorus to the song, I'm not gonna sing it. Nobody would want me to do that. But the chorus to the song says, ain't it funny, good old grammar in, in country music, ain't it funny how a melody can bring back a memory? take you to another place in time and completely change your state of mind. And there's a lot of truth to that. There are probably some songs that you hear from different seasons in your life and it takes you back to a memory. And there's probably a story to go with that memory. Uh, like me, I've got a good story about water skiing and blue jeans. It takes me back to that memory and you probably have those memories as well because songs do help us remember times and places and people and stories. And one of the themes as we turn to the book of Deuteronomy, one of the themes that we see in this book as the book of Deuteronomy is the last book in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. The, the, the word Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law, or it means the second law, Deuteronomy. And so it's Moses giving the, the law a second time to the people of Israel, to a generation that had not heard it before. And so Moses is sharing this law with them again. He's writing it. And so there's a theme throughout the book of Deuteronomy of remembering. R remember the Lord your God. Remember all that the Lord has done for you. Remember his faithfulness. Don't forget the faithfulness of the Lord your God and his provision for you as the Israelites and bringing you out of the house of slavery in Egypt and across that Red Sea. Remember the people of Israel. Remember what the Lord your God has done for you. But as we are familiar with the, the first five books of the Bible, we know that the Israelites are quick to forget and they're slow to remember. And they forget that God is faithful to them and they turn from God and they turn to other gods and they put their, their faith in other gods thinking that that will satisfy and God judges the Israelites. And the Israelites repent. 
And God has mercy on them and he restores them as his people because he is a faithful covenant-keeping God and he has made a covenant with his people that it's not because of their obedience. He has made a covenant with them before they ever thought about being obedient to them, that they are his people and he is their God. And Moses and God throughout this book of Deuteronomy is, it says to the people of Israel, remember, remember the Lord your God, remember his faithfulness. And you and I in 2019, we are very similar to the Israelites, but we are quick to forget God's faithfulness. We, we are quick to forget all that God has done for us and what he has provided for us. And we sing a song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, that was written in the 18th century by Robert Robinson. And the song, part of the song says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. We are prone to wonder and we are quick to forget God's faithfulness in our life. But God, in his grace, gives us ways to remember his faithfulness in our lives. And so when we look at Deuteronomy chapter 31, uh, verses 1 through 8, the first thing that we see is that God gives us his word or his presence to help us remember. God gives us his presence to help us remember. Look at verses 1 through 8 in Deuteronomy chapter 31 with me. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and to come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you. And you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you today. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Moses at 120 years old is ending the near of his life, is nearing the end of his life. And God has has told him that Joshua will succeed you as the leader of my people, the Israelites. And so Moses knows that this time is coming for Joshua to take over. And Moses and Joshua as the leaders of God's people would remind the people of his presence. God would use these leaders to remind his people of his presence, that he is with them and he will not leave them. And we remember that what we see here that that Moses will not go, God has told him, you will not go, you will not cross over this Jordan and go into the promised land. And we remember that was because of his disobedience in their wilderness wandering years when God said to Moses and Aaron, I'll provide water from this rock before all the people of Israel. You speak to this rock and I'll provide water from it. But we know that Moses in his haste and in his frustration that he struck the rock and God still provided water from the rock. But God said to him, because you did not believe in me, you will not bring these people into the land I have given them. But God has raised up Moses and he will raise up Joshua and is raising up Joshua at this point in the first five books of the Bible to lead his people. God provides leaders for his people to remind them and to remind us of his presence. So today we have 
Uh, we have pastors, we have ministers who proclaim God's word to us. And we see that theme throughout the Old Testament that God would raise up prophets to be God's messengers to his people and to be messengers from the people to God, that God would provide these leaders for his people so that, so that they could be reminded of his faithfulness, that they could point them to God's word. And we have the same thing today as we gather as a church to hear uh, the word of God proclaimed from pastors and from ministers to remind us of God's faithfulness and his provision. But, but God also gives us the body of Christ, the church. We notice here in verses 1 through 8 that this is the nation of Israel, the people of Israel gathered together that they are together. And Moses is commissioning Joshua in the sight of all the people. And God is, is speaking to them through Moses and through Joshua. But the people are gathered there. And we know that from that gathering, we have encouragement that from brothers and sisters in Christ, in those seasons of difficulty, they come alongside us. In seasons of trials, they come alongside us and remind us of the hope that we have and what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. That there is a sense of of reminding that we get as we hear the word of God proclaimed as the, the church gathered, and also that we get from one another as the body of Christ, that we hear from one another about God's faithfulness to us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 reminds us, let us not consider, let us consider how we may stir one another up toward love and good works. And he says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There, there's a sense of remembering that takes place as we gather as the church and we can encourage one another uh, through our, our life groups and through different Bible studies and ways that we can, can be in community with one another and to challenge and encourage one another, remind one another of God's faithfulness. But ultimately here in Deuteronomy chapter 31, these first eight verses, God is reminding his people of his presence. And the leaders in the gathered assembly is a, a way for them to be reminded of God's presence. Look at what God, he says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 and 8. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And then in verse 8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. God is reminding his people of his presence, that he is their God, they are his people, and he will be with them, and he will not leave them. And we know on this side of the death and the burial and resurrection of Christ that he gives us his Holy Spirit to, to dwell with us, to dwell in us, to give us power and presence from God, to be with us day in and day out, to remind us of God's faithfulness, that we have God with us in the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives us. You may be familiar or you may not be familiar with a monk that lived in the 16th century, uh, Brother Lawrence. There's a, a famous book written by him called Practicing the Presence of God. And Brother Lawrence in the monastery as a monk, he was a dishwasher. That was his job in the monastery. And so he was faithful to wash the dishes in that monastery. And he made it his goal and his practice that as he was faithfully washing dishes, that he would prayerfully remind himself of God's presence, that God is even with him as he is washing dishes. And, and so you and I can be reminded of God's presence through the Holy Spirit, and we can practice the presence of God as Brother Lawrence helps teach us through prayer. 
and we can remind ourselves of God's faithfulness in our life and even in those quiet moments and maybe those moments where we have some personal time with God, uh, whether that's in a car or we have a closet that we go into or a room that we go into where we can spend time in prayer with God, that we are reminding ourselves of his presence with us and practicing his presence through prayer that we know his Holy Spirit is with us. God gives us his presence to help us remember his faithfulness, and God gives us his word to help us remember his faithfulness. Look at verses 9 through 13 in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Verse 9 through 13, he gives us his word. Then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, at the end of every seven years, at the set time in the year of release, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, and be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children who have never known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. God gives us his word to help us remember Moses, what was to write down all of this law. This likely is referring to the law that is given here in the book of Deuteronomy. And Moses would write this down on scrolls. Uh, this was before copy machines and all of the technology that we have today. And so he was to write this down. There were multiple copies made. I'm sure Moses had uh, good servants to help him do this. And they would write this down and copies were to be given to the priest and to the elders so that God's word might be preserved. And this wasn't just the law of the past. This wasn't just God's law for the past of the nation of Israel. This was God's prescribed law as they are on the brink of crossing the Jordan River into the promised land. This was the law that was for God's people as they enter into the promised land. This was how they are to live and what this covenant relationship with God looks like when they are in the promised land. And so Moses writes down this word to remind the people, writes God's word to remind the people of his law and his covenant with them. And every seven years, God gives this prescribed way to bring all of the nation of Israel together to hear the word of God proclaimed, that they would gather to hear this law from God every seven years so that every generation would hear it. And, and it was to happen around this time of the Feast of Booths. Also, uh, we know that as the Feast of Tabernacles. This very feast itself and this festival was designed to give the Israelites a way to remember God's faithfulness in their wilderness wandering years. That as they lived in temporary structures in their years of wondering that for one week during this feast, they were to build temporary structures for their family to live in. And this happened at the end of the fall. So they're praising God for the agricultural provision that he has given them in the year before. And they're praying for rain and for good soil in the year to come at, that God would continue to provide. This feast was a very way for God's people to remember his faithfulness to them. And every seven years they are to gather the whole nation together at the time of this feast to hear the word of God read. And we, we see an example of this in Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 gives us an example of the nation of Israel gathered together to, as, as an assembly to hear the word of God read. And this was after the exile. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 1 says, and all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. 
And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. We see this prescription in Deuteronomy chapter 31. This is what you are to do. And then we see the people of God doing that in Nehemiah chapter 8, generations later as they've come back from exile. And this is part of why we gather together on Sunday mornings to hear the word of God proclaimed. And at other times that we gather as a church to hear the word of God proclaimed, to remind us of God's faithfulness to us so that we are not quick to forget, that we can be reminded through his word proclaimed to us as his people of his faithfulness and his provision. But notice who is to be included in this assembly. It's the men, it's women, it's children, and it is the sojourner who is in your midst, the, the foreigner who happens to be traveling in your midst during this season every seven years, invite them to come and to be a part of this assembly that they may hear the word of God and put faith in God as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness that they too may believe. As Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, that there is an evangelistic invitational aspect to our faith that just as we have had the opportunity to hear the word of God and to respond, we want to give others the opportunity to hear the word of God and to respond in faith to what Christ has done for us through his, the good news of his gospel, of his death and resurrection, his death for our sins, so that we can respond in faith. That's, that's why there's a group just coming back from Ecuador and there's other groups on mission trips that those people too may hear the word of God and believe and put faith in Jesus Christ. And what, when we think about gathering as the church corporately, we gather to hear the word of God proclaimed so that we can be reminded of God's faithfulness, but, but not just as we gather corporately and, and hear God's word proclaimed are we reminded of his faithfulness. But even when we uh, read our Bible day in and day out, that as you and I take time personally to study God's word, that we can be reminded of his faithfulness daily as we look at his word. And what we often find is that a lot of us don't even know where to begin with a daily Bible reading plan. It's hard for us to know where to start. And so if you'll go to our, our Dawson website, the page Afterthoughts, dawsonchurch.org Afterthoughts that we talk about quite often, there, there will be a link there this week that will send you to our devotional resources page where you can find some really good daily Bible reading plans to help you have a plan for getting in God's word daily to be reminded of his faithfulness. Because as I've experienced in my life and likely you have experienced in your life, it is, it is easy to not get in God's word if we don't have a good plan. And so we need to have a plan to get us into God's word to be reminded of his faithfulness. And then also look at verses 12 and 13, that as the people gather here to hear this law read, they don't just gather to hear it. That's part of it. But they gather to hear it so that they will fear the Lord and they will be careful to do all that is written in it. That they will be careful to do all the words of this law, that there is an obedience that comes with this covenant with God. That God's people calls us and he calls the Israelites to obedience. And, and we see that, that Moses would not enter the promised land because of his disobedience. But God did not completely forget about Moses. He, he didn't completely forget about Moses and forsake Moses. He was still faithful to Moses, but Moses' disobedience has consequences. 
My disobedience, my sin has consequences. Your disobedience, your sin has consequences. It affects us and it affects those around us. But God did not forget his people. He is still faithful to his people. and He does not forget us. Instead, he makes a way for our sin to be atoned for. That doesn't mean that there's not consequences to the sin in our lives. And we don't have to look very hard around us to see the consequences of sin in our culture, even in our own lives. But God is faithful to forgive. And this whole nation was to come together every seventh year to hear the word of God proclaimed so that they'd be reminded of God's faithfulness and his faithfulness leads us to obedience. We're not accepted by God because of our obedience. We don't see that anywhere in the Old Testament. We don't see that anywhere in the New Testament. God doesn't accept us because of our obedience, but in spite of our disobedience, God is gracious to us. That while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin, and he would make a way for his people, to, for their sin to be atoned for, as he makes a way for our sin to be atoned for. God's presence helps us remember, and his word helps us remember. And the third thing that we see in verses 14 through 23 is that God gives his people a song to help us remember. And just like he gives, gave his people a song, he gives us ways and means to help us remember. Look at verse 14. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting that I may commission him. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud and the pillar of cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers. Then this people will rise and whore after the foreign gods among them in the land that they are entering. And they will forsake me and break my covenant that I have made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them. And they will be devoured. And many evils and troubles will come upon them so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil that they have done, because they have turned to other gods." Now, therefore, write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. For when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and are full and grown fat, they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall confront them as a witness." For it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know what they are inclined to do even today, before I have brought them into the land that I swore to give. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the people of Israel. And the Lord commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. God reminding Joshua that he will be with him, that his presence is with them. This, verses 14 through 23 here, cannot be encouraging news to Moses. Moses has experienced the disobedience and the grumbling of these Israelites throughout his whole time leading the people of Israel. And now God says to him, Moses, uh, you're about to die. You and I both know this. Your time is coming to an end. Joshua will lead these people into the promised land. And when he does, they will continue in their disobedience. They will forget my faithfulness to them. They will forget my provision for them. They will forget my mercy towards them, and they will turn to other gods. 
they will forget Moses. Moses can't be encouraged by this, and this hits all too close to home for you and for me today. When are we most tempted to disobey God and to turn from him and to forget his faithfulness in our lives? It's not in in seasons of difficulty. It's not in seasons of trials. It's not in seasons of grief because it's in those times where where we're at the end of our rope and we have nowhere to turn but to God. And, And people around us, our brothers and sisters in Christ, are reminding us of God's faithfulness and of the hope that we have in him and the joy that we have in him. And so we're reminded of it, but it is in seasons when things are going well. It is in seasons when our jobs are great. Our bank accounts are full. Our family is healthy. Everything seems to be going well, and it is in those moments that we forget God's faithfulness in our lives. And like the Israelites, we are quick to say, look at what we have done. Moses even warned the Israelites of this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 through 14, verses 17 through 18. It says, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by, keeping, by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I commanded you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and by the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God knew what his people were prone to do, that they are prone to wonder. The promised land is rich in agriculture. There's good mineral wealth and resources in the soil to help crops grow. There's plenty of water to help the crops grow and for the people to drink. And the people will get to a point where they will lose sight of their need for God and they will lose sight of his faithfulness to them that he delivered them into that land. And that he would give them victory over the enemies in that land. And that with, the, with this wealth will come the temptation to arrogance. And it will lead the people to forget the Lord who had delivered them from Egypt and into the promised land. And our temptations, like the Israelites, change with our circumstances. In one moment, there's faithless fear. In another moment, there's arrogant pride and self-centeredness. And only our focusing and reminding ourselves and being reminded of God's faithfulness, of his grace of his promises and his provision provides us the self-criticism, the self-awareness that will do away with faithless fear and arrogant pride. It is reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness, that it's not by anything we have done, but it is by what God has done for us. So God says to Moses, write this song, teach it to the people of Israel, put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. This song would serve as a reminder to the Israelites of their of their past disobedience. It would remind them of their sin, of their disobedience, and it would point them to God's faithfulness and provision even in the midst of their lack of faith and in the midst of their disobedience. And this song that's written in Deuteronomy chapter 32, it gives us a reminder uh, that God, that we see throughout the whole Old Testament that we need for God to provide for us what we cannot provide for ourselves. And that is a way out of our sinful, fallen condition. Only God can do that in his grace and in his mercy. And we need to be reminded that he provides for us the faith to believe. That in his grace, he gives us faith. To believe that he is God and that there is no other. And he gives this song to be a witness against the people of Israel. 
to remind them of their lack of faith and to remind them of his faithfulness. Maybe Clint Black is onto something when he writes the song that it only takes a melody to bring back a memory that this song was to serve to take the Israelites back to a moment in time when God was faithful and to many moments in time when he had been faithful in spite of their lack of faith. Look at the last two lines of this song with me. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43. That even when the Israelites are quick to forget, God is quick to remind them of his faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 43, the end of the song says, He repays those who hate him and cleanses or atones for his people and for his land. That God is quick to atone when we are quick to forget God makes a way for us to be made right with him. Throughout the first five books of the Bible up to this point in the Pentateuch, Anytime we see atonement happen, it is an act. It is a God-prescribed act or a God-prescribed method that a sinner must do to offer sacrifice to attend for his or her sins. The priest, a sinner, must offer sacrifices for his sins to be atoned. And here at the end of this song is the first time in the Old Testament where we see that it is God who makes atonement for his people. Yes, he prescribed those sacrifices, but it was something a human had to do. God is promising that he will finally and fully make atonement for your sin and for my sin through Jesus and his death on the cross and his bloodshed for you and for me. And it is the cross of Christ that reminds us that we can be, for those of us who have put our faith in him, have been delivered from our sin. When we are quick to forget, God is quick to atone and he is faithful. And I wonder if in your life or in my life today, if there's evidence that we have forgotten God's faithfulness. And God gives us ways that we can remember through prayer, through his presence with us and the power of the Holy Spirit, through his word, he reminds us of his faithfulness. And you and I can be assured that when we have forgotten, we cry out to God and he in his grace hears our prayers and he will answer us and remind us of his faithfulness. Let's pray together. God, we praise you this morning that you are God. There is no other God. You are faithful, faithful, faithful. You are God who never changes. And God, in your grace, you have given us a way to be restored and made right, to be restored to a right relationship with you through Jesus, your son, and his blood shed on the cross for our sins. And God, we have your Holy Spirit present with us, your very presence with us. And God, there may be those here today who have not put their faith in Jesus for salvation. God, we pray that today would be the day that they say yes, that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, that they respond in faith and they have the presence of the Holy Spirit with them. God, thank you that when we are quick to forget, you are quick to remind us of your faithfulness and that you make atonement for our sin and that you give us ways, you put people in our lives, you give us your word, you give us your presence to remind us that you are faithful even when we are not. God, thank you for the gift of salvation through Christ alone, by faith alone, through your grace alone. God, we praise you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.